this your first time out here? I'm Mike, I help out here. I'm normally here somewhere, Rachel usually gets up for work really early in the morning. So this is kind of late for her. Rachel is a social worker at Seattle Children's Hospital um, and, uh, and works full time, but is out here to share with us tonight. Um, you know, when we were living in Orange County, we were actually on staff together with Young Life College uh, for a while. And uh, Rachel is someone that has a huge heart for college students. She is, you know, she does work full time uh, besides this. And so not always a ton of extra time, but somebody that uh, you should definitely try uh, to get to know because she's great and has a huge heart for this community as well. Um, we don't get a, to kind of service as much up here as we did down in California, but still um, she loves to give her time away. So as we get started, when we jump in uh, to our message tonight, I just wanna, um, uh, Rachel's gonna open us sharing a few things, but I just wanna say that we've been married six and a half years now. Um, which I think is a big deal. That seems like a long time. That's like as long as I was in college. So, um, but you know, we started dating, uh, and as part of this community and, and Rachel is somebody that has always stood out to me. Um, and, and even though we sometimes, as we think about sharing about relationships, six and a half years is not really that long. Uh, we're going to share about marriage. We're going to share not a ton about marriage, more about lots of different types of relationships tonight. It's not, it's not a marriage talk. Um, but I don't always feel fully qualified to be up here to share. Um, but, but even in the midst of that, um, Rachel is still someone that I'm excited uh, for us to get to hear from tonight. She's a voice of wisdom in my life. Um, a lot of the wisdom that I have comes from her, if I have any. Um, and she is a, she's such a great picture of this idea of strength in one hand, okay? She always speaks her mind. Even when you do not want to hear it, you will get what she's thinking, which honestly, I could say, now I could tell you, qualities in a wife, someone that does not make you guess if she's upset or not, does not make you try to guess what she's upset about, is the greatest thing in the whole world, people, because I would never figure it out. Um, but she, tell him. But she pairs a strong conviction and a strong heart to stand up for what she believes in with a tenderness and a gentleness and a grace about her. And those two things complement each other really, really well. And that's why I'm excited for us to get a chance to hear from her a little bit tonight. So Aww. let's have some fun, huh? We're going to sit at a coffee table tonight. Got my mug that I bought myself. So... <laughs> Well, thank you, love, and thank you all so much for having me. I am honored and excited to get to be in a place that meant so much to me and formative in um, relationships that still mean so much to me. Um, I graduated from UW. Um, I was a Kappa Kappa Gamma. Are any Kappas in the house? No? Okay. <laughs> um, I was on student leadership here on the social justice team. I joined a core group here. And when I think of intimacy, like Joyce talked about last week and finding intimacy around the table, I still think of that table that my core group met around every Monday night in college. Um, and on top of all that, I also met four of my boyfriends I dated in college in this room. I also brought one other that I was like trying to convert. I like brought him along in here. Um, three of them were named Mike, and <laughs> and the third of those Mikes became the love of my life. And <laughs> so, needless to say, this place is hugely formative of my relationships, and so it's fun to be invited to come and speak about relationships here tonight. As we get started, I wanna show you guys a photo. This cracks me up, okay? This first photo is from our first date we ever went on. 
This is, uh, oh, oh, good. Before get the that. ass on the boat. This is actually, uh, what's the name of that hike? Rattlesnake, rattlesnake. People have done it. Okay, so there's a rock at the bottom of rattlesnake. Go to that other one. Uh, go to the other photo. There's a rock at the bottom of rattlesnake. This is the first time we were on a date, but we were not dating each other, okay? We actually were dating different people, and those two people planned a double date for the four of us. And only two of the four of us made it to the top of this rock. And the other two had to take a photo of Rachel and I at the top of the rock, even though we were in relationships with the other people. Which is a little weird. I don't know where this is going. I just thought I would share it. The funny thing, well, there are a lot of funny things. But then we had this game night together and the two of us were like ultra competitive and and uh, who knew if it would work out or not because we're actually pretty the, much the same in a lot of ways. We were both super competitive out of the four of us uh, in, that, in that room that night. But those two relationships did not last. Uh, and a while later, we started dating and uh, dated for 13 months and then got married. So that seems like the right amount of time when you're 29. What, is that what we're gonna say? No, we're gonna say other things. Okay, so we're gonna talk about the series though. Okay, we're in week three. For those that are just joining us, week three of four in a series that we're calling DTR. Okay, we're gonna have a DTR here, which means we are going to define the relationship. Not as scary as most of the DTRs you may be a part of, but we are gonna define what the purpose of relationships are in our life. Okay, what does God say about relationships and what's the role that they should play? Okay, if you remember, uh, a couple weeks ago, we started by looking at this text that when Jesus in the Bible was asked, what is the greatest commandment, okay, in Matthew chapter 22, that he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. You can throw that text up there. And, and love your neighbor. Okay, so this is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. What is it saying? Not only is it saying what the most important things are, but it's saying that relationships, relationships that we have are important to God. It's important the way that we treat the relationships with people in our life. Whether you're super extrovert and you know half the people in this room and, and you can't wait to meet the next person or you consider yourself more of an introvert and starting new relationships is more difficult and you just wanna leave here right now and, and go home and read for a little bit, that we all relationships for all of us matter to God. And we're not giving a marriage talk tonight. We're talking about relationships as a whole. In fact, we got a segment on friendship, okay, as a part of this tonight, that this table is somewhere that we come, okay, and find intimacy. And our hope is for you to find intimacy in your relationships. If you didn't come here two weeks ago, you're thinking a different type of intimacy than I'm thinking about. Okay, that really the way that the Bible defines intimacy, okay, is this idea of brother and sister in Christ and that the table is a place that we come to experience intimate relationships that God has intended for us. Okay, there are certain things God has not intended for us in relationships with each other and that is there are three things that we can never get from somebody else. Okay, we can never get our worth from somebody else. We can never get our identity from somebody else, and we can never get our purpose from another person. That those three things are given to us out of relationship with God. That is what we get in that relationship. He, he defines those things for us. We oftentimes look for that in other people, okay? 
We can't find those other people. Only God can, can give us those things. But, but with the relationships with each other that we do have the chance that God does desire for us to have intimate relationships. And when I say intimate, what we're talking about is relationships that are real, okay? That are authentic relationships. They're safe. They're honest places. And they're places where we can express the needs that we have to one another. Yeah, and I know we're using examples from our own relationship tonight, but we don't want you to feel like there's nothing here for you tonight if you're not currently or have never been in a romantic relationship. Um, you don't have to be in a romantic relationship to get better at relationships. Relationships are relationships. They're transferable skills. So if with your roommates, your friends, and your family, um, you're constantly practicing kindness, respect, engaging with conflict in love with each other, um, you're going to have those same skills when you enter into romantic relationships. They're interchangeable. Uh, Joy shared here last, we did a great job talking about vulnerability, how that's such a key piece of relationship. She f- shared very vulnerable, her and her boyfriend Garrett up here. Uh, for some of us, we may have even been in this audience thinking, wow, that was open. Um, but that's what we want to be about here. We want to be very real from the front that we don't have things figured out. Um, and, and when we get into relationships, whether it's friendship or romantic relationships or with family, we bring whoever we are into that relationship, that we bring our brokenness in. And, and you know, two broken people coming together, we really need God to help us figure out um, how to have a really healthy relationship together. Yeah, so um, like Mike said earlier, um, there's some things that we can't get out of relationships that they're just not built to do for us. And a huge one of that is our identity and our sense of purpose. We weren't built to do that for each other. We can only get that from God. So the deeper that I am rooted in my identity and self-worth being found solely in the fact that I am created and beloved by God, um, the freer I am to actually share life with people in relationship. Um, instead of putting pressure on that relationship to fulfill something that it was never going to be able to fulfill for me. Um, So to love the Lord, my God, with all of my heart and to love my neighbor as myself um, is easier sometimes to say than do, right? Um, And it's hard to say love your neighbor as yourself and have it mean anything if you don't have a true um, sense of your own identity and worth as Christ's beloved. Um, So first, we have to be rooted in the fact that our value is in his beloved and that um, we're his creation. Um, And seek other relationships where that value is honored. I don't have to just cling to a relationship to get my identity from it for the security of it. I have the ability to be open-handed with it when my identity is first rooted in him. Um, Along that same idea, though, the other person is also God's beloved. So I want to treat them with respect. Um, And if they're my brother and sister in Christ, that means they're not a means to just easing my loneliness. I want to value them and not just use them um, in that way. So I came up with a couple clues in romantic relationships. If you might be, we all do this sometimes, it's so easy to do, but more using someone to ease your loneliness instead of entering into a relationship in a way to value each other. Um, And one is if you stay in relationships way um, past the point of knowing that there's someone you're interested in as a long-term partner. And that's saying like, oh yeah, I know I don't wanna marry that person, but like, it'd be really sad to break up. Like, I really like the attention I get from them. Um, that takes like a lot of honesty with ourselves to say, but maybe you've said that with a friend or something before, or maybe you've heard a friend say that. Um, so that's a clue that like, maybe that's something to evaluate of um, what am I looking for in this relationship? 
Um, another one would be like after you break up, um, are you continuing to get your emotional security from them until you have the next love interest lined up? And if so, that could be like maybe that loneliness that you're getting there and looking for that person. Like maybe there's other healthy relationships in your life to dig deeper into instead um, or go back to that sense of where is my purpose and my identity. Hmm. That's good. You know, one thing you may not know about our relationship, we started dating, okay, and we dated uh, for three, four months, somewhere in that time period, and that was a period where I was trying to figure some things out in my life. I didn't really know what I wanted. Um, I had some growing up to do. Rachel was not happy with what was happening in our relationship, and she broke up with me, okay? Uh, So after four months, she broke up with me, and for a month, we were not together, and she did not text me one time during that month, she did not reach out one time during that month. Please take lessons right now. I don't ask for us to write a lot of things down, but I'll tell you the number one thing I see with college relationships is you get out of a relationship, but you still stay in the relationship, okay? By continuing to be the person that you go to. Oh, I still wanna tell them this thing, okay? I st- oh, I still wanna ask them how their day is. And, and, and I know I'm kind of getting up in your kitchen right now that this is something that, that happens a lot for us, okay? You say, Mike, don't, I, you don't know me, Okay, but, but here's the deal. When we continue to go back to that person, we're not giving them the chance to miss us. We're not giving ourselves a chance to figure out what this relationship is. So you can just do whatever you want with this piece of information. But Rachel broke up with me and did not talk to me. And for a month, I had to figure out what I wanted. And after a month, I, I went back to her kind of like begging for the chance to get together, apologize for everything, talk about how I wanted to be better, ask her to forgive me and take me back. She accepted me back with a ton of grace. And when she did, I knew, I knew a couple things. One, I knew I wanted to marry her at that point. Part of it was I knew how much I missed her and how much I wanted to be with her when we weren't together because she did not keep reaching out to me and fill that need in me to be in contact with her. And the others, it showed me how much she respected and valued herself. And there is little that is more attractive than somebody else that respects and values themselves. I feel like that was like a slamming of the table. Um, I have to jump in and say, though, that that wasn't easy. That was like a huge act of faith for me um, because I really thought that Mike was the one. You have to remember, we were friends in this community for two years before we started dating. So trying to think of a scenario that I could relate this to for you guys, that you could put yourself in my shoes. But it'd be kind of like maybe say some people out there might be crushing on the intern like Justin, say. And (laughs) yeah, okay. So I think maybe I picked the right scenario here. Um, And you're like watching him up front and you're like, oh my gosh, he's such a good leader. He's so godly. He treats people well. He's funny. He's got sexy tats, you know, like (laughs) we're into this, right? But you think we would never date because I'm a student and he's on staff. And then years later, you find yourself dating him. You would think this is it, God, right? Like this is the one. And that's what I felt like when we started dating. I was so convinced. Like, I was sold. No, this is good. Keep going. Thank you. This is good. <laughs> this is good stuff. I was like, that's what it felt like for me. And so to get to a point a couple months in and be like, wow, I was not expecting to find myself here. But I know this is not how I want to be treated with my forever partner. Um, and 
I felt like God was calling me to like, all right, well, can you be open-handed with even this, like even this relationship you put on a pedestal? And can you trust that I have, like, can you trust what my best is for you? And obviously it it did, like, obviously it worked out for us. God's best for me was this relationship, but we just had a little growing up for both of us to do first. Um, But I'm so thankful for that and that experience. And now we have the chance for our relationship to be um, rooted in the very theme of the gospel, which is restoration from brokenness and life from death. Hmm. That's good. That's good. You know, that was our story. It doesn't mean it needs to be your story. It doesn't mean there's a formula. It's a hard thing about relationships is there's not a formula. It's not just, hey, date a while, you know, break up, get back together at this point. That's why we want to talk about principles of relationship. Okay, there are principles that God gives us for relationship, but all relationships are unique and and different. And so um, I want to move on to our next piece of scripture. The Bible doesn't talk a lot about dating, okay, but it does talk about uh, the importance of relationships, Okay, and, and, and some of the ways that we should uh, be in relationship no matter what the relationship is. So in Philippians 2, 3 through 7, this is one of my favorite texts about relationships that Paul's talking in Philippians and he says this. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, in your relationship with one another, no matter what the relationship is, friendship, family, romance, you work with somebody, these are relationships in our lives when we work with each other, when we live with each other, when we're friends with each other, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Laying down your life for somebody. Okay, it's a great picture of what what relationship can look like, the intimacy found in a relationship that we hope for. But how do we get to a place in these relationships where, where they're the type of relationships that we may follow this lead of Jesus and lay down our life for somebody? Well, I wanna talk about a little... Uh, a little diagram that has been super, super helpful to me, okay, um, which was discovering uh, really the, the patterns of relationship in our life, okay? And there are patterns, there are natural patterns to all relationships in our life, okay? They go through cycles, okay? This was first introduced to me um, when I was in college, and, and it helped me understand that no matter what, relationship with God, relationship in romance, relationship with friendship, that any relationship I get into is gonna go through five stages, Okay, and I want to talk a little bit about what that could look like uh, for us in our relationship. So um, you can go ahead and put that up there. Um, okay, number one, okay, we're going to talk about any of these. Friendship, dating, relationship with God. Some of you guys are out here right now and you are in the scouting stage of your relationship. You may be, see, see here's the deal. You're thinking romance right now. You're thinking scouting because you came here tonight, you looked around the room and thought, Man, I quit listening to Mike a little while ago. Now I'm locked in. As soon as this thing ends, I'm walking up to this person and talking to him. Okay? But it's anything. It's, it's looking for friends. It's, it's when we're coming out here because we're checking out who God is. 
We want to know if he's somebody worthy of getting to know. And in any relationship, this beginning phase where we're trying to get to know someone is what we call scouting. We don't know what the person is like. We just have maybe an, an interest right away. Okay, so we enter into some type of relationship. We get to know them. Okay, we hang out. We may even, you know, have a Christian one night stand. Okay, um, you know what that is. It's you walk someone home from the inn and then you talk for like six hours on their front porch and then it's like four in the morning and you're like, oh my gosh, it's four in the morning, but I just poured out my entire life story to this person. And then you leave and you're like, oh, we're gonna get married. <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, my gosh, that person would never leave. Um, don't act like you haven't done. Okay. So, um, but you're infatuated, right? We're so excited. It's the feelings of love. Infatuation is what we call love because we feel like we're in love. We're super excited. We stay up all night. We can't stop thinking about this person. As soon as our phone buzzes and we get a text, we're so overjoyed. Okay. It's finding new friendships. It's living with people. It's realizing, wow, there are people in my sorority that, that, that are like me, that, that have common interests and they're passionate about things. And I like that. And I, I'm, wow, I'm super excited. And then you hang out and you get to know them really, really well. You're infatuated with them. That's awesome. It's not love. Okay. But it is exciting. It's a great stage. Same thing happens in our relationship with God. Okay, we, when we discover who God really is, a lot of times we get excited. There's, there's passion, there's enthusiasm for understanding who God really is. We're infatuated with that. But in every relationship, here's what we don't like to talk about. A stage happens that we, sucks. And it's called disappointment and disorientation. When the relationship is not what we thought it should be, in a lot of dating relationships, this happens in the three to six month phase. Somewhere in there. This is a hard thing that I dealt with post-college is because I'd get into a lot of relationships, I'd get excited, and then I'd get out because the infatuation stage would end. And a lot of us think at that point, oh, I'm no longer in love. This happens in our relationship with God. Okay, we get excited about something early on. We, we experience God, we feel his spirit moving, and then something bad still happens in our life. Okay, we go, wait a minute. I thought if I, if I trusted God, nothing bad would ever happen to me. There's disappointment. There's di- we're disoriented. How am I supposed to be in this relationship? In friendships, people hurt each other. We don't mean to. We just have different ways of doing things. I love to do all the dishes in my house. Someone I live with does not like to do any of the dishes. Not an actual situation. Um, that is not a true situation. But you may be going through this. You may have a different way of living. And so you're, you're, you're disoriented and disappointed with friendships. And then we go two ways. We either leave the relationship. Okay, we leave friendships. Friendships die out. We don't talk to those people anymore. Sometimes in our relationship with God, we leave that relationship. We decide, I don't want anything to do with God. If God can't stop all my family members from getting sick, if he can't get me better grades, if he can't give me a good parking spot on 18th, you know, then <laughs> but why? Why follow him? So we walk away. And then that's our cycle. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. A lot of us do that in dating. Okay, we, we get disappointed. So we, instead of having any sort of resolution, okay, we just get out of relationships. And I'm gonna be real honest right now. If there was one thing that I would be hoping for for college students besides coming to know the love of Jesus in our life, it would be understanding how to engage in healthy conflict. That conflict leads to intimacy. We have problems all the time. We have fights all the time because we think differently. I hear an idea, I get really excited about it and I go and and sign us up and let's do it. And Rachel thinks through things. (laughs) I feel like that's slowing me down. 
she feels like, we didn't think through this at all. I get upset, you're killing the vibe, let's go. She's like, we can't do that. Like, and, 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 you know, and other things, we fight all the time. And there are times I just want to leave, the, you know, even that, that can escalate at times in less of a funny way. And if we don't engage in conflict, there's just a natural barrier between us because we're disappointed. But engaging in conflict with somebody is what leads us to intimacy. That we discover and we actually feel the times in life that I feel the closest with my wife are the times after we have engaged conflict and disappointment with each other. But so many of us, we don't know how to do that. It's hard for us. We get out of relationships. We just decide, oh, we're not gonna deal with it. We decide to move on instead of moving through. And I would say this, I wanna focus on friendship right here for a second. I actually think that for us in college right now, this happens in friendship all the time. All the time. I don't want you to think romance for a second. I want you to think about your friends. I want to think about the people that you live with or that you used to live with or that you maybe used to be friends with that you don't talk to as much. And some friendships just disappear. They fade away because we have different interests and go different paths. But some of those friendships for us have faded away because there was conflict and we thought, I don't want it to be awkward. I'm scared of what they would say. I'm scared of what they do. And so I don't want it to be awkward. And so we, we don't engage in conflict. And in doing so, we can't get through to, to that fifth stage. Yeah. Um, I think this is so important. Um, engaging and being willing to put yourself out there to engage in conflict um, in a loving way. Um, can we put up the Matthew 20, or 5, 23 through 24? Um, it says, therefore, if you are offering a gift at the altar and um, there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. So I think these words of Jesus show us that conflict resolution and engaging conflict is super important to him too. Um, he wants us to be reconciled with each other. That's like a gift that he gives us is the ability to be reconciled. Um, and he's saying that it's so important to him that it's literally an act of worship. That he's saying when you're coming to lay sacrifices at the altar, that's not as important as living out an act of worship of going and engaging conflict. So that's how high of a regard um, Jesus has for us to reconcile with each other and to engage in the conflict that it takes to do so. Um, but engaging in conflict is hard. It's awkward, like Mike said. Um, it's scary because we don't know the outcome. We can't control what the other person says. We can come to them in love and um, they could, we could have reconciliation and forgiveness or we could still feel rejected. And that's hard. And it's easy to want to avoid, avoid the feeling of awkwardness, but it's so worth it to engage because it's engaging in conflict that is the thing that brings us to this table of intimacy. Um, because if you're not able to engage and push through conflict, you're never able to reach that place of knowing this is someone that is in this with me, in relationship with me to the point that we can go through hard things together. We can disagree and engage. Um, we can hurt each other and still engage and forgive. Um, so it's so important not to predict the outcomes, but to choose to engage. Um, I, when I was in college, when I was a junior, like I said, I joined a core group here, um, and I was on student leadership, and my junior year, I started to really feel like 
I was living kind of two different lives in this in community that I had going on and then my outside of the in community where there was some partying, sleeping over at my boyfriend's house. Um, and I just felt like these two things are not reconciled right now. And I feel like I'm like living this lie to my core group and the kind of the greater student leadership community. And I felt it on my heart like that I wanted to come clean about that, that I wanted to stop feeling like I was incongruent in two different people and just be open about who I was. But I was convinced like that I would go to my core group and say, hey, this is how I've been living. And that the answer that I would get from them would be, you definitely need to step off the student leadership team. Um, you need to take a step back. You're in no place to lead. Like I had already written the answer in my mind. Um, and when I came to that core group, we'd probably been meeting for like four or five months at that time. Um, I and forever changed and will never forget the first words that came out of my, now one of my best friend's mouth was, do you have any idea how much Jesus loves you? Um, and to have been received in what I saw as this conflict that was gonna end in just like the end of relationship with them, um, but actually be reconciled in love and actually feel truly known for the first time in that group. Not only that, but like, that act invited the whole core group into intimacy because they all started feeling a lot more safe coming to the table with their true selves as well. Um, it was an, like an incredible opportunity of building intimacy. Um, and then another concept that it takes to do conflict well is just forgiveness. Um, as we seek um, engaging conflict with each other, we have to talk it out and <laughs> process, um, but also we have to get to the point where Jesus lets us know, or Corinthians lets us know, that love keeps no record of wrongs, and we have to at some point be able to let it go and move on, and that's something I'm so thankful for in our relationship is that, like Mike said, I'm not shy about saying when I'm hurt or when I'm disappointed, um, and we talk it out and we engage with that, but it, at some point he says I'm sorry, and then it's done, and same thing, vice versa for me. Mike does not hold things over my head. It's done, we don't bring it up again. That's in the past, and that's the way that Jesus forgives us is like, you're fully forgiven. That's not over you anymore, you're free. And so that's something that we have the opportunity to offer each other. Mm. That's good. Can we throw that, uh, throw that wheel back up, the relationship cycle? I wanna close with this tonight. Our hope for you is to have intimate relationships is have deep friendships while in college. We know that the quality of our relationship so often determines what our experience is like. So many of us, though, just have a bunch of very shallow relationships. What we do is we settle for a bunch of just relationships where we don't really engage anything. We don't really know people and we're not really known. Conflict is hard. Engaging conflict is, is really hard. And it's a muscle, it's a muscle that needs to, to practice, that, that, need, that gets trained, that we don't, sometimes we go in, we don't know what to do. And we can't predict the outcome of what happens. But even sometimes this statement we make a lot, oh, I would talk to them about this way that they've disappointed me, but I already know what they're gonna say. This is how they're gonna act. This is what they're gonna do. Even if that's the case, even if we think that engaging, working on that, giving that person a chance, believing the best in them and coming to this table, um, is, is how we learn to move through that place of disappointment and get, and get real true relationships where we find love, not just romantic love, but love and friendship where we truly you know, learn, man, this is a deep, deep relationship. And, and so our hope is, is for that for all of us um, here tonight. So 
Um, I'm gonna pray for us, uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna transition here tonight. Lord Jesus, God, I um, I thank you for this group of students that's here. God, I uh, thank you just uh, for the relationship that you've given uh, Rachel and I, and when what a gift that is. God, I pray that no matter what relationships are, are on our mind here, um, God, that you'll be moving and working, and that they'd be something that uh, we look to your guidance for how we should act and. Uh, engage reconciliation in our life, Lord. We love you and pray these things in your name. Amen.